0: Making News is a podcast about journalism and news literacy in Wisconsin and beyond.
1: This is Making News. I'm Jane Hamden.
0: Even the most serious news story has some creative choices to make what order you decide to put things in, which cuts you decide to use, how you frame the story. It's constantly challenging and there's always new ways to improve your work.
1: My Ann Silver is a reporter for WWM Milwaukee Public Radio. In a previous life, she was a criminal defense attorney before making the switch to journalism, and she started out at WWM as a volunteer. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. What a career change from practicing lawyer to public radio reporter. What inspired you to take that plunge? Gosh,
0: it was really kind of an unexpected thing. For for many years, I had a commute from Milwaukee out to Waukesha where my law practice was. And I would tune into NPR on the radio and it would get me through those traffic jams. And like, I just loved the way that audio storytelling spoke to people. And I loved the connection with the world at large. You know, I could be sitting there on I-94 and hear about something happening in Ghana or China or wherever, you know, and it was, it was, I loved that. And so I always had that interest. And then um, I I practiced law. I was practicing law for about a decade or, or more. And um, honestly, this, this is gonna sound crazy, but I was like, I just need a change in career. I feel like I've milked for myself personally what I can get out of being a criminal defense attorney. I got a lot out of it, but I just needed to open up my world a little bit and start thinking in a new way, thinking in a different way. And I looked up courses at UWM to, to audit while I was still practicing. And your course, came up news writing and technology. And I honestly didn't really even know it sounded cool. I I didn't know what it was gonna entail and it ended up being like the perfect course that I needed to transfer careers. So honestly, if I didn't have that opportunity I don't know that I would necessarily all the pieces would have fit together for me to have been able to switch careers.
1: Oh, that's so great to hear. Um, But a lot of people love public radio or um, are inspired by good journalism. But don't take all the steps that you took when you first started, say, move beyond the volunteer stage at WWM. Was it hard? Was it harder than you thought?
0: Um, you know, it's interesting. I kind of had an inverse way into journalism than a lot of people do. I remember in your class, we studied about news writing and just like the short uh, leads and and. Compacting information into short pieces, I wasn't necessarily good at that. I had come from a background of like legal writing. Um, it's very technical. It's not very conversational. It can be convoluted, and um, and so it was really kind of cool to start to start writing conversationally. But how I got in was as a volunteer at Lake Effect, and what, what they do are long form interviews, kind of like what we're doing right now. And so you kind of get a sense of what it takes to talk to people, to listen, to have your kind of like active listen, listener monitor going. And then what we would do is edit it down to a form that was, you know, more conducive to the radio, more conducive to broadcast. And then we'd also create digital pieces that go along with the interviews. So that sort of training really helped me start thinking like a journalist because I would be just talking to people and having conversations and then pull out quotes and pull out, you know, make a story out of it. And that was a really good way for me to learn. But I think it's kind of inverse as opposed to learning how to do short stories and then building up to, you know, more longer form things.
1: Did you go into radio thinking, oh, I want to cover certain types of stories? Were you Did you have a passion uh, for certain types of stories or does the general assignment thing work for you?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I think that I love, I'm just interested in the world. I'm interested in learning. I'm interested in different topics. So yeah, I think the general assignment piece fits for me. Um, I, I always love arts and culture and I'm really interested in sociology and, you know, just how people think and why people do the things they do. So those kind of questions hit me, but no, I didn't have like I want to cover, you know, the common council talking about, you know, th- these policies or this particular thing. No, it, it, that, that wasn't how it worked.
1: Did you find it difficult, um, to learn the technical side of things because, you know, radio reporting, um, is certainly doing the reporting, conducting good interviews, but then technically you have to weave things together and also gather natural sound.
0: Yeah, I think, that wasn't so hard. I mean, every once in a while, I feel like a big klutz at a press conference because all my cords are tangled up. You really got to like a big lesson for <laughs> news reporters out there is like wrap up your cords properly every time. <laughs> but, but, um, but no, I think like what we had touched upon with practicing law, it was, you know, I spent all those years practicing law really Deals with um, building up a case or thinking about things critically. And, you know, I'd get evidence, I'd get police reports, I'd get, you know, the law to look at and things to look at. And I had to kind of create or have an understanding of it and be able to, you know, think like I said, think critically of it. I think Molly Beck, I've seen on her Twitter, she's a Journal Sentinel reporter. She has something written like, "If your mom tells you she loves you, look into it," or something if like that. If your mother
1: says she loves you, check it out. Check it out, exactly.
0: <laughs> and and I I'm not necessarily like that, like in my personal life, but with trying to create an audio story about a topic. I really feel like I have to understand the ins and outs of what's going on so that I can explain it in a conversational way. So I think that erring on the side of really understanding something is is more hard for me than the technical stuff about mixing and, and producing the story. But it is pretty cool. At our station, we are Kind of like one man bands when it comes to you know gathering the sound and bringing it back, writing the script, putting it together, producing it. And that sound has been really fun to use on occasion. Yeah.
1: In the last year, um, all sorts of broadcast journalists have really had a challenge in in incorporating that kind of scene sound that you would normally gather. So tell me a little bit about uh, working as a radio reporter during COVID.
0: Yeah, during COVID, it's it's been totally insane. I think one of the things that that has gotten me through COVID, so so right before COVID in the few months leading up to it, I joined an NPR political reporting collaboration with member station reporters, and essentially that was one of the things that really got me through the pandemic, both reporting-wise and just personally, because it was nice to be connected to that. One story really sticks out. um, I was doing a story about the convention that was the Democratic National Convention was supposed to happen in Milwaukee, as we all know, and people that was going to be the big story of the year. And um, when it ended up coming around, it was kind of like a fizzle, not a bang. And um, so I ended up doing a story about delegates going to the convention virtually. And so I was able to find a really cool delegate here in Milwaukee. And we talked in front of the Wisconsin Center where which was the secondary place that the convention was going to be. But that was kind of a scene setting, just downtown sort of being kind of empty, the birds chirping, not a lot of traffic. It was kind of like you expected tumbleweed to roll through there. <laughs> um, and and so um, that was pretty cool to kind of get that scene. But then I found some other delegates around the state. And one delegate, I had her use a voice memo app on her cell phone that's been a real big tool that, that I've been turning to, and I think a lot of our reporters have been turning to. It, it just really gets kind of you're there live in the room sense, sound quality. Uh, because when we first went into the pandemic, the technical stuff was was huge. You know, if you can't get good audio for the radio, people aren't going to be able to understand what anybody's saying. It, yeah. it just sounds garbled and it's just as bad as not being able to have that source in the first place. Um, so when we finally figured out to kind of train people or ask people to use the voice memo app, all you need is a cell phone. It works on it's built in on the iPhones and then on the Android, you can use one. So I found a delegate in Eau Claire and i had her take her cell phone out while she was handing out delivering yard signs for then candidate biden and someone interrupted her and said hey can i have a sign and she's like oh you want one of these signs and it was kind of this like moment and so she caught that on tape which was lucky you kind of give away a little bit of your control when when other people are recording
1: but at the same time you're probably learning techniques that will go on long after the pandemic is over
0: yes definitely and it's- it's all cut down on even the common cold. So that's good. <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> well, um, let's uh, talk about that political collaboration for a little bit. And then it might be a good moment to ask you to explain to people who don't really understand the relationship between NPR and the member stations. So how about the, a very quick tutorial on that?
0: Yeah. so. So NPR, I mean, they have a few flagship shows, they do a lot of production, they do podcasts, Um, but for Morning Edition and All Things Considered, we air those on our station. So we're mixing in local reporting with the national reporting, and that's just part of the shows. And that's essentially mostly what our news team reports for. So NPR is like a national, I don't know, I think they have like 60 million listeners around the country. And they have 260 member stations. Milwaukee's NPR is one of them. Uh, Wisconsin Public Radio is one of them here in Wisconsin. So there's about um, 1,800 member station reporters around the country. And so what we can do is we can pitch things like spots at the top of the hour newscast reports if there's big news breaking in our our area. Um, And that can be on the national newscast. And then we can pitch stories to the news magazine shows that they have and we can produce the stories for them as well.
1: And you have um, had a number of stories on the national public radio stations. Is that a little bit intimidating?
0: You know, it's funny. um, So I had done a couple before the political collaboration and for the political collaboration, they flew us out to DC, which was really cool. And we got to meet, you know, a a bunch of the NPR political reporters spoke with us. Um, There was a hors d'oeuvre thing that they had at the end of one of the days and Nina Totenberg came over and scrounged for food, you know, so we were like, (laughs) so that was pretty cool. And so it was cool to, to meet the people and they're totally just regular people. That was really cool. But filing for them, I guess i listened to your interview with um cory hess and she's wonderful and um she was talking about the editing process with npr and she said that it, it it's really hectic they shout things out at you and then you have to change it and that is totally true there are some editors that are like that and it can be it can be very stressful because sometimes there are editors that don't use Google docs and, and you have to like, you end up with like 20 copies of, of a story, but there are some editing teams. And I can say this about the politics collaboration team with those editors. They are very easy to work with, like in terms of just the tech getting, you know, they're on Slack, you can send messages, you can arrange things pretty easily to be edited. So yeah, that, that was pretty cool. And I learned a lot you know, from just working with different editors, different people's techniques, that was cool.
1: And millions of people are hearing your stories. I mean, thousands of people are hearing your stories in Southeast Wisconsin. Um, so what are, um, I guess some of the most memorable stories you've done or the most inspiring to you?
0: Um, I think it was cool for me to learn kind of like the progression of how, uh, a political, year can go in, in the life of, of a state, you know, and Wisconsin was so kind of crucial in the election. So it was just really neat to know that the voices of people here mattered and were important both locally and nationally. That was really cool.
1: What's the difference between seeing a community through the eyes of a criminal defense attorney, because you see a lot in that job too, and and as a reporter how do you see southeast wisconsin differently or is there overlap
0: you know it's interesting i haven't done a lot of reporting i've done some reporting on criminal justice issues but not a super big focus on it and i think it's it was kind of nice to be free of that sort of like the criminal justice system is just so problematic and so tortured for for quite a few reasons and i think it was good to kind of see people in, in a new light, you know, to see communities in a new way, to look for initiatives and, and ways that people are tackling problems as opposed to the, the retroactive looking at like somebody is accused of doing something and now try to get them out of the situation. It was a real liberation to kind of go into community organizations and see what people are doing to try to better the neighborhood or better themselves. So yeah, that was really cool.
1: Do you have a long list of story ideas that um, you're always ready, you know, eager to do if you have the opportunity?
0: Yes. I i like I like having a mix of things that are kind of a little bit more, you know, technical or a little bit more hard newsy and some things that are more lighthearted. I, I feel like I need those things to keep me, connect, you know, just a little more lighthearted. I need a balance of things like that. But but Bubbler Talk has been really cool for that, where we get listeners to write in. So that, that's been a
1: good thing. Yeah, so in that feature, um, listeners can say, hey, I'm curious about this, or what about that? And then you go out and uh, and do the sleuthing and figure out what's really going on, or the history of something.
0: Yes, exactly. And we've been able to kind of be a little bit more creative and a little bit more soundscape in some of those stories. Um, and I think yeah, th- those have been fun to do and to connect with people. That's another opportunity to n- connect with listeners and kind of see who's having questions and things like that.
1: I like the term soundscapey and, um, and I love audio <laughs> too. You know, I just, I love gathering that audio. So what have you learned about that? Just about, cause we will all be able to be out and about a little bit more. You'll be able to do a little bit more in-person soundscapey stuff.
0: Yes. Um, there was a really good, uh, podcast episode from third coast festival. It was a producer from the Australian broadcasting company, and she talked about writing for the ear. And I'm going to re-listen to that podcast. Cause I remember listening to it the first time and it was really helpful, but she talks about how she's editing like this podcast, uh, you know, episode and she comes in as the fresh years. There's a description of a woman as having a blonde Bob and a whimsical smile or something like that. And she's like, we don't care. Like I have never gone into a situation and ap- or afterwards and described someone's hairstyle. She's, she's like, we have to kind of emphasize the emotion of a, of a scene or write for the look of shock on someone's face or they slam down on the on the, their hand down on the door when they are on the desk evoke more feeling in how we're writing and how we're describing things. And so I'd really like to work on that some more for stories for, oh, for what kind an of more long. Interesting long-form.
1: idea because it's always a challenge to bring in the visual piece. And, and she's saying we feel more things than we see in a way.
0: Yes, she's saying visual is really important, but don't just focus on the immediate description.
1: Do you think your list of stories or your goals um, for the kind of storytelling you want to do are going to change as things start to open up after the pandemic?
0: I think so. I'd like to keep on top of what legislators are trying to do with election law changes in the state. So kind of getting a sense of what's happening in the legislature on that regard. And then also I'm interested in redistricting and what's going to happen there. So those are kind of like the political topics that I want to keep an eye on. Uh, but I'd like to get some sound rich stories in there. Uh, there's a guy who makes cowbells. And I think that would be a really fun, <laughs> fun story to do. To mix
1: in with redistricting. <laughs> yeah. What um, can you tell students in particular about the importance of local news to a community? And um, it's sometimes not as glamorous as being a national reporter, but it's so important.
0: It is so important. I think uh, the NPR public editor wrote that as of 2008, there have been um, like the number of local reporters in the country has been sliced in half. I think there were like 26,000 jobs lost um, in local reporting. And it's interesting because the NPR sort of setup is a little bit different than that. We have a little bit of a different trajectory because we have these member stations. And I think the number of member station reporters is actually growing locally. So I think just as a, as a member station reporter in Milwaukee, I, I don't feel the same sort of like claw at my throat about potentially, you know, losing jobs, getting jobs cut. I mean, it's still, it's still out there. We see what's happening at the journal Sentinel. It's, it's difficult. It's, you know, very unfortunate. You know, if the AP wasn't there, if the Journal Sentinel wasn't there, it would be like these things would be happening and people wouldn't know about these things. And it's so crucial to keep an eye on what's happening at the county board or at the common council and at the state legislature. And these things are are things that affect people here directly and that people need to know about. So it's it's a totally crucial thing that we need.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that um, public radio really hasn't taken some of the hits on the local level um, that print journalism has. And so knowing that there are fewer local journalists on the whole, and WWM has one of the bigger local newsrooms in the region, um, does that make you feel kind of the weight of a responsibility too?
0: It does. I mean, I think we're always trying to push harder and do better when it comes to keeping on top of, of the all the things that are breaking, um, we're trying to like really keep our weight in paying attention to to all the important news that's happening. And with with co- with the coronavirus and with COVID, it's just been so intense on those on those topics. Just the news cycle was pretty much flat out relentless this past year. And so staying on top of that was really it kept you on your toes. People want to know. I mean, Wisconsin voices are important for a multitude of issues that are happening. I mean, news is so accessible these days. You know, it's local doesn't necessarily mean, you know, only people in Milwaukee are reading about this.
1: Well, when you talk about the relentless pace, and it certainly has been, especially in the last year, um, pretty crazy. But, you know, news is always kind of relentless. Do you ever have any regrets about this career switch that you've made?
0: I wouldn't say never, I would say like 0.0001% of the time. I love it. Like, I think it's amazing. It's helped me grow as a person. I find the work really rewarding. I find it interesting. I love talking to people. I love getting people's stories and being able to creatively access stories and thoughts and put it together even the most serious news story has some creative choices to make what order you decide to put things in which cuts you decide to use how you frame the story it's constantly challenging and there's always new ways to improve your work you know so yeah it's been it's been amazing I love it and I love the people I work with Milwaukee is is also a very happening city there's a lot happening here
1: Oh, my am, thank you for sharing your enthusiasm, but also also your own story.
0: Thank you so much, Jane. Making News is supported by the Digital Humanities Lab at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee.